broadcasting live from the R&R Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. Looks like Mara will be out a little bit longer than White, so uh, that's unfortunate, but uh, we'll have to continue to develop our young linebackers and perhaps find another. Not good news. Uh, definitely not good news if you're a Raider fan, certainly. And for John Gruden, uh, your starting middle linebacker is going to be on the shelf for a little while. Uh, John Gruden's not going to tell us exactly how long right now. Uh, he's not obligated to uh, until, you know, uh, it becomes official and injury reports and all that. So they're going to keep all that on the down low. Uh, but suffice to say, Nicholas Morrow is going to be on the shelf uh, for an extended period of time. Javin White. A backup linebacker is also going to be out for an extended period of time, and that's just kind of how it goes uh, in the NFL. It's an unfortunate unfortunate part of the reality of professional football. Injuries occur. Uh, you have to, That's why you have to be sound, strong, and uh, covered from 1 to 53. And uh, right now the Raiders are, especially at linebacker, are really getting pushed to the limit in terms of their depth. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. And Lincoln, you just heard John Gruden talking about the injuries to Nicholas Morrow and Javin White. Yeah. It sounds like Nicholas is a little bit more um, going to be on the shelf a little bit longer than Javin. That's not good uh, to start a season with your starting middle linebacker, the guy with the green dot, your best returning linebacker from last season, not going to be able to be out there, it looks like, um, against the Baltimore Ravens to start the season on September 13th. Yeah, really, it's really going to be tough because what it forces the Raiders to do if, if he's not going to be out there you know, for the, you know, the start of the season is you either go with someone who's younger and inexperienced or go with a different package, maybe like a nickel or a dime package where you have, um, you know, an, another safety in there, uh, to help with run support. Either way, it's, it, it's kind of just opening the door, um, for teams to try to run the ball on you, uh, see if they can push you around. Right. And, uh, here's, um, you know, Nick Kwiatkowski, who's been out since the, uh, he got hurt against the Seahawks. Uh, a couple of Saturdays ago, um, I guess on a in, in somewhat a good news, he'll be back next week. Is what the is what the prognosis is. Uh, he was a starter last year, mm-hmm. so um, they have somebody that you know Nick Kwiatkowski wasn't going anywhere, even though he wasn't starting on base defense. Uh, he was a big part in training camp and in the preseason of um, you know the sub packages, which is you're, you're you're more in those than you are base defense anyway. So. Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski wasn't like he was going anywhere. It's just now that I think he gets first crack at replacing uh, Nicholas Morrow, although there will be an opportunity now for Divine Diablo and Tanner Muse uh, to increase their roles, perhaps, and Divine Diablo fully cleared to practice this week. Uh, the rookie from Virginia Tech, I mean, if you watch the film, as a safety in college, this is a 6'3", 226-pound athlete who showed on tape in college, uh, in the ACC, uh, a real talent for pass uh, pass coverage, Lincoln, but also uh-huh. big and strong enough and fast enough to, to hold up against the run. But it's one thing doing it in the ACC. It's another thing doing it in the NFL. And he's also making the transition 
from safety to linebacker. I see. Well, I mean, like I said, they're, they're, if they're not looking out on the trade wire to see what can happen, I've heard some rumors about Jalen Smith out of uh, Dallas and some other guys uh, that have been kind of thrown around. But as you mentioned them last yesterday in the show, they have the seventh highest payroll, don't have a lot of money to be tossed around, so they got to be careful with what they wish for. Jalen uh, would be spectacular on the Raiders. Uh, we'll just th- throw that out there. Um, I'll try to uh, get to work on, on, on all of that. Uh, they also have Mark Barron uh, in, in the building, and uh, or, excuse me, in Henderson uh, for a free agent visit. He played at Alabama. He played for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he's kind of that hybrid sort of safety linebacker, played well, reasonably well with the Rams. Uh, went to Pittsburgh last year was kind of an off year for him uh, with Denver. In fact, I don't even think he got on the field last year for the Broncos. So, you know, he brings some experience. Um, and, you know, obviously that's something that the Raiders can use right now. Uh, but, you know, I think first and foremost, they're going to see what they have in, yeah. in some of these young guys. And, and here's John Gruden talking about the opportunity that, that's waiting now this week for Tanner Muse and Divine Diablo. Well, that's 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 an understatement. Hopefully, they they rise to the occasion. People have done it before in this league, and Raiders have done that before. So, we'll see what happens. It's John Gruden talking about the opportunity uh, awaiting Divine Diablo, who I think is the kind of the wild card in this. Lincoln, uh, the Raiders drafted him in the third round out of Virginia Tech. Uh, there were high hopes. Uh, unfortunately, his on-field portion of OTAs and much of training camp. Um, was wiped out because of a knee, knee procedure that he uh, had. He was always there during OTAs in terms of the meetings and uh, you know everything else that you do uh, in and around when you get on the field. And same thing in, in training camp. He's finally able to, to get on the field this week, and um, he's got a, an opportunity. And, and it wouldn't be the, you know, uh, I, go, I go back, Lincoln, to, uh, I tell the story quite often, back in 2017, the, the uh, Rams drafted a safety from Boston College, right? Mm-hmm. And so in training camp, we never saw him because he got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere along the line, before training camp started, this guy gets hurt. And so we as the media and as reporters, as we're watching training camp unfold, never see the guy uh, at all. Uh, in fact, he later told me, um, I thought I was going to be the first third-round pick in the history of the NFL to get cut. You know, I'm just like watching practice just – the, the, the time is just flying by. I can't do anything about it. I'm shelved. Well, anyway, uh, he eventually comes back. Uh, second game of the season, the Rams abruptly released their starting safety. And we're all like, why would you do that? And, oh, we got this guy by the name of John Johnson. John Johnson, we never saw him in training camp. Yeah, I, I totally realize you guys didn't see him, but we know what we got in, in John Johnson. The guy goes out <laughs> and gets an interception his first game, and the rest is history. He's now with the Cleveland Browns as a as a you know uh, really good free agent pickup by the Browns. Made himself a whole lot of money. But I guess what I'm saying is I know Divine Diablo hasn't been out there. We haven't seen it. But I think the Raiders have a pretty good idea of what they have in him. And you never know. Like John Gruden said, guys have have, have stepped up to the occasion. You know that's history has shown that. And there's no reason to think that Divine Diablo can't be a guy like that the possibility exists is what i guess is what i'm saying well i agree with you um i, I think that when you're when you're talking about you you, you want to be able to show that your draft and your work with your scouts has paid off that you have guys that that you have them that you don't have to go shopping for is what i'm trying to say um and then more importantly when you talk about you know the situation with the young draft class 
there's a lot of people who, including myself, who say, well, you probably didn't plan for them to play this soon or be this in there, but it's good that you have that ability and you don't have to go searching around. Exactly. And so, um, you know, we'll see. And he has an opportunity. But I think that, you know, uh, obviously bringing in Mark Barron this week, uh, that shows you that, you know, one way or another, I think they're going to bring somebody in. They almost have to. Darren Lee was supposed to be that guy. He was a guy that had 38 starts uh, under his belt uh, in his career, but he never got on track in training camp, uh, was hurt. Uh, he ended up on injured reserve. He's done for the year, at least in terms uh, of the Raiders. There's probably an injury settlement coming uh, on, on, on that player. So, you know, there goes that depth. At least he had some starting experience. Barron, again, um, represents some level of, of reliability, uh, although not sure what he has left in the tank at 31 years old. Uh, and then there's always K.J. Wright uh, as well, uh, Lincoln. And, and this is a player that's been in the league for about 11 years now, 10 years, I should say. Played two years under Gus Bradley in Seattle, so has an understanding of what Gus Bradley's trying to do. Uh, and I know the Raiders are interested, but there's an asking price, and the Raiders have to weigh, does that price with our salary cap right now and what we have under the salary cap to spend, is it worth it? Or are we better off just kind of rolling with some of these young guys? It's that's the, with, with the salary cap, Lincoln, you have to ask yourself tough questions like that. Seattle's doing the same thing. You know, I, I, I'm sure KG Wright would love to go back to the Seahawks on his number, but the Seahawks are like, well, you know, um, we kind of want to see what we have here as far as cheaper, younger options before we go down that road. It's just kind of it's, – it's it's tough sometimes for the players, but also from the team because those 53 salaries are like – every piece is a puzzle piece that has to fit into this bigger puzzle, and there's no getting around it. It's all part of the business. It's all part of the business. It's what I've said many, many times where, you know, you've got that small window that you have to capitalize on to get everything that you want done and include win a game, you know, win uh, win a championship. And it's not as cut and dry as people say, oh, well, just go out and get this guy. Just go out and get this guy. you got to manage these things. And it is not as easy as it seems sometimes. No, not at all. And, you know, you also have to run it by your owner. You have to, what's this expense? How can we, you know, can we get it by in a different way? Not to say that that's the exact conversation that's going on right now. But, I mean, these are all realities of, you know, being a coach in the NFL and a general manager in the NFL. There's, you have to take all that into account. This is not PlayStation. Uh, it's not Madden where you could just easily make a trade. There's all sorts of complications uh, that, that come with it. And, it's always you always want to make sure or see first if that younger, more cost effective player can get the job done. And well, you already have right. him under contract, so it's you know what I mean. Yes, <laughs> that too, exactly. And you know, I think I think at this point, what the Raiders would love to see is is you know one of those young players or both of those young players kind of build a bridge back tomorrow, depending on how long he's going to be out. Somebody that can hold down the fort until your starter comes back and, you know, and, and maybe solidify themselves uh, in the process. We'll see. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider 27 is on the line, and he wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider 27? Hey, man. How you guys doing? I got a couple questions. You can answer them or not, and then I have a comment. Uh, Lincoln, is there any opportunity to get a signed copy of your book? I can't wait to get it. I can't wait to read it. Well, the, the the book has just been released. So real quickly, you know, we're going to have some signings over probably at the M Resort sometime this season. Oh, well, you know, keep just check. You know, I'll I'll get it out there when once we uh, schedule it. 
Okay, well, I live in Salt Lake. So oh, okay. That, well, I'll be uh, I'll be up there next week to do a game Utah versus uh, versus Weber State. So <laughs> get your copies <laughs> ready. Mm-hmm. Um, Vinny, I have a quick question. You can answer this or not, but answer it after my comment if you want. I've been trying to figure out what is going on with the Raiders and their blackout with the NFL and their blackout policies. Um, the first preseason game, they blacked out the Broncos and showed the Raiders. And the second preseason game, they showed the Raiders. No, no, I had that backwards. The first one, they blacked out the Broncos, showed the Raiders. Last week, they blacked out the Raiders and showed the Broncos. God only knows what's going to do this week. And I'm paying for Game Pass. I'm paying $100 a year to watch these preseason games. And they're saying that because of territorial rights, they can't show the game. I live 10 hours away from Denver, and I live six hours away from Las Vegas. There's no way you can't consider me out of market. But anyway, if you can answer, answer. If you, if you don't know, say, man, I'm not sure what's going on with them, and I'm good with that. Um, uh, the comment I, and, and I'm made, not. A bunch of people hit me up about that on Twitter on Saturday. Uh, and it's on my tickler list of things to do, and I'm uh, uh, thank you for reminding me. So basically, you have uh, explained to me what you have. What is what you, Game Pass is the is the one through the NFL um, site that you yeah, that you saw. Yeah, when I when I retired, I couldn't afford Sunday ticket anymore because it's up to almost four hundred dollars for the yes, season. I just I wish I could afford it. I can't. So what I did was I got Game Pass, and then I listened to Link and and Brent on the radio. And then after the game's over, I don't care who's playing after the I don't care. I'm watching the Raiders. You know, so then I just watch the game on Game Pass later, and then I watch it four or five times or ten times or zero times. If It, it depends on the game. <laughs> so let, let me ask you, know? you this. Um, on, on Game Pass, and I'm sure it's kind of like uh, MLB, you know, uh, extra innings and all that kind of stuff, where you watch it on the computer and you have a choice of all the games to watch. You just click it and you get to watch it. Um, yeah, I have, it, that's, I have it set up on my on my TV. In my basement, I've got a you could, right. really, really okay. big TV. And I've got it set up on my TV. It comes through my stereo. The Raider, Raider experience is alive at Raiders. Nice. You know, but, but you were saying that last week you were able to watch the Raiders that. against Seattle, but then this week you couldn't? Right, right. They showed, well, <clears throat> no, Game Pass did not show either game. The Raiders and Denver, or the Denver-Minnesota game was on before the Raiders-Seattle game. They blacked out the Denver game, and then they showed the Raiders-Seattle game. And then the next week, it was like the opposite. They, they blocked out the Raiders and showed Denver. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? I don't understand what the NFL is doing. And, oh, by the way, I'm paying to watch these games. So, you know, it's sitting there. I've always thought, you know, everybody so oh, there's ways you can, you can pirate these games. You can get them out. I'm like, that's stealing. You know, it's an NFL product. They sell that. If I cheat and, and pirate that game, that's stealing, and my integrity is worth more than that. 
Totally understand. I will. I will definitely get to uh, the bottom of it. Um, so uh, hopefully by tomorrow, or even by uh, the end of the show today, I'll have some clarity uh, on that. I appreciate the call, Raider Twenty Seven. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. The hardest part is um, <clears throat> you go through pregame. Um, you know, coach doesn't tell us much. You know, so like we're just trained and ready to go and then it's like yeah you guys aren't playing take your pads off you know and that's it's hard you know to go from that to that because um, you're so excited and play but I understand you know I grew up uh, one of my earliest football memories honestly was when Michael Vick broke his ankle you know um, and just how crazy that everyone was like it was the preseason all that kind of stuff and I didn't even know what that meant at the time but you know you, you see kind of stuff like that Jordy a couple years ago you know his knee and in Pittsburgh, you're like, golly, you don't want AJ just, you know, just recently on something so simple, but you know, you just, it's hard to see those things, you know what I mean? And so I understand coaches, you know, not wanting um, certain guys to play and all that kind of stuff. But as a competitor, you always want to play, but you understand, especially as you get older, you're more, you're more understanding as you get older. It's harder on the younger guys, you know, as you get older, you realize how long the season really is. You know, you, you realize how much football there is still left to be played, and we only have one bye week with an extra game, you know. So, um, again, I just support Coach's decision, you know. Uh, that's what we do here. That's Derek Carr uh, today at the practice facility in Henderson talking about um, <clears throat> not playing in the preseason, and it doesn't look like he's going to play on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers as the Raiders close out uh, their three-game preseason and you know I, I think Derek is now at a point in his career where he gets it he understands it and you know uh, going through all the rituals of, of preparing for a game including getting out there and, and warming up and all the hoopla all of that and then just having to turn it off immediately because your night's over uh, after that period uh, and just go watch a football game I think he's better equipped uh, to handle it um, but Lincoln you know you've had to do that in your career um, I think it was handled a little bit differently. Um, you know, uh, you didn't play all that long ago, but long enough that right. things have changed considerably. Uh, and I know you have some feelings uh, about the preseason and about guys getting on the field and, and at least some uh, amount of time. Uh, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen here with the Raiders this year. No, it's been a trend now, Vinny, uh, for quite some time. I mean, you've seen it over the last couple of years. And, and of course, you know, cause this is our line of work. We're, we're here to study this. Like, like Derek said in the, in the excerpt, I get it. I understand. Okay. And to me, there are certain people that would not get anything out of preseason, but there's also a time, I think like, for example, when you talk about the receiving core, I think it's a disservice that you haven't seen Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs go against, you know, in, in, in preseason games. I mean, it's they, they haven't played enough. I know you don't want to get them hurt, but they haven't played enough. They need to get playing time, and especially Edwards with uh, missing most of the last season and injury. So I think it's a disservice, much like you did with Alex Leatherwood. You put him out there. Um, there are guys that need it. Now, I wouldn't put Derek Carr out there, but – 
if I had my druthers, I would have Marcus Mariota out there to put on film what he's capable of because there might be some trading potential there, you know, what you did with Nathan Peterman. I mean, and I get that Marcus might not be totally healthy. So, look, Gruden and those guys have their reasons for doing what they're doing. I wouldn't necessarily do it that way. I think that you should play your starters. I think they should get some some what we used to call lather. You know, you get a little bit of play time, get a little lather up. Doesn't have to be a full game. You know, but back in the day, you know, you, you, you timed it up to get ready for the season. And ultimately, for me, my biggest concern is that after this preseason game this Sunday, you've got two weeks off. That's a long time. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting transition going from – I mean, but, you know, when you kind of think about it, even in your time – uh, I think that fourth preseason game was you never you didn't play anyway. No, so, no, but you played a little sparingly in the first three. Right, exactly. Yeah. So they're going to go a they're going to go um, um, five weeks without playing in yeah. a game, and then have to go out there and play a game. And and you know it is interesting because, like you said, Alex Leatherwood has gotten time in both preseason games. I don't know if that's going to be the case on um, on Sunday against the 49ers. You're right, Marcus Mariota has been an injury uh, consideration. John Gruden's philosophy was, if, I, if I'm not going to be able to call the kind of plays that I would call for him in a regular season game because I'm protecting the injury, what's the point of even having him out there at all? I would like to see Marcus Mariota out there. We'll see if he's healthy enough to go on Sunday. Um, and if he is, whether or not John Gruden decides to, to, to risk any of that, um, I would think that some – at some point, you'd have to look at who's your who, who's blocking for him too. Like if Alex Leatherwood's not going to be out there, and none of the other starters are going to be out there, do you risk putting Marcus Mariota exposing him? Um, you know, behind an offensive line that's you know just a bunch of guys that might get cut or probably will get cut uh, within the next couple of days or so. Uh, so that's a consideration. Uh, I would like to see Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards get out there a little bit to get, like you said, some lather, but. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. And I, I asked Derek Carr, not specifically about Henry or Brian, but in in general, offensively, uh, especially with a, a new offensive line and what's going to be you know, a bigger role for Brian Edwards, a bigger role for Henry Ruggs, do you worry about not being sharp to start the uh, season because you didn't get much time in the preseason or any time in the preseason with your, your, the guys that you're going to roll out uh, with on the field September 13th? You know, I, I used to think that because I'm a reps kind of guy, you know. Um, but, I mean, I think I've played one series since Coach Gruden's been here, you know. And, uh, and we, always feel, we always feel like we're on it. I mean, how, how we practice, I mean, the level of physicality that we practice with, I mean, I get bumped into sometimes and Coach loses his mind and things like that. So the pockets are real. You know, I think that's the main thing for quarterbacks is, how do you? How does your team practice? We practice, and those pockets are real. And they're closing in. They're moving. You know, you have to move. Some some teams practice where there's it's just seven on seven on seven all day, and then when you get to the game, you're like, yeah, that's not seven on seven. You know, um, and then another thing, I think joint practices. I, I love them. You know, I told you guys. I tell you guys every time. I think I get more out of that than I do out of a preseason game because no one really shows anything. You know, you're just out there running your stuff. The the thing I always thought was for the young guys, the emotions of it, right? I've played enough games now where the emotions are they are what they are. You just go and play now. That's Derek Carr talking about, uh, he, at least for, from his perspective, not at all worried um, that he's that he's not going to be sharp, sharp or the offense isn't going to be sharp. But he brought up something really interesting. I wanted to run this by you, Lincoln, because uh, I heard an interview with Joe Burrow uh, 
just the other day, I think it was yesterday actually, where he was talking about, you know, coming off the injury, obviously, um, and getting back out there and playing. And the one thing that, that he found kind of weird having not played for a while uh, and getting out there and playing, even in just in practice, was the crowded nature of the pocket, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, like, like it's just – it's a different world when you have a pocket that's converging on you or, 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 or crashing in on you. And even though you don't get hit uh, at this time of year, you know, in practices, there it, you still have to navigate around a bunch of big bodies that are coming at you pretty fast or collapsing on you pretty fast. And – just getting uh, reused to that. You know, in my experience, I had I crossed paths with one of the great coaches, Dick Vermeil, and Coach Flores even said the same thing. There's, there's, you don't have to be a warmonger when you're out there in practice. You don't have to go for three or four hours with pads on to kill guys to get them ready for football. But you do have to build a, a certain callus up that cannot be, um, you know, cannot be done in practice. And I get the joint practices. But to me, the joint practice is the same as 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 a, as a preseason game. If you ask me, I mean, you run the risk of getting him hurt. You're, they're going to go full speed, but you have to build that callus up before you go out on the football field. It's just, it's for me, Vinny. It's so, it it just it just doesn't feel right when you tell me that 350 pound man, I'm going to go out on the football field on what September 13th and play against the Ravens, and I'm going to be able to turn it on like a light switch and go and not have any repercussions from that, negative repercussions. And the sense I've seen so many soft tissue injuries, once upon a time, Vinny, as I told you before, fat men didn't, didn't tear up hamstrings, didn't get groin pulls and stuff like that. Now you've got it happen all the time, offensive, offensive defensive linemen. The reason why is because you're asking your body to do something that it really hasn't done for at least three and a half, four hours, going full rate against somebody who's comparable size and strength to your body. And you're telling them to do it over and over and over again. You just can't flip it on like a light switch. So... I mean, I, I understand the thought process around it. Don't get anybody hurt because of preseason. You lose, you know, lose a guy for a, for a year. But at the same point, you take a big risk if they're not going to be in football shape to go that first four games. You know how hard it is to climb out of a hole if you start zero and four, or, or yeah. one and three. Right. You know what I mean. So that, that's a that's an awfully big gamble, awful big risk to take if you ask me. And just so happens that two of the most physical teams that the Raiders play in 2021 are right off the bat. Yep. Baltimore brings it. Pittsburgh brings it. That's big boy, tough man football. And you better be able to bring it from the get-go. And I think that that young offensive line or rebuilt offensive line, um, you know, that's good. I'm not going to say it's a culture shock. They know what's coming. They're good too. Uh, the Raiders are. But when you start, when, when you have to play right off the bat against you know, a, a bully team like the Ravens, and then Pittsburgh always tries to be a bully team as well. It's about big, physical, coming after you. You know, uh, you, to me, uh, man, you know, uh, you would you would think that you would like to have that offensive line, that that unit, at least get some time uh, in the preseason. Now, I will say this, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that guys like Trevon Morig, Malcolm Kuntz, uh, Nate Hobbs, even uh, Damon Arnett was out there in the first preseason game. Uh, some of these young linebackers um, have 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 gotten a chance to play in the preseason, and these guys, these are guys that are going to have roles, I believe, uh, some sooner rather than later, in, in rotationally and in some cases starting wise. I think Nate Hobbs will be a starter. I think 
Um, you know, obviously Trayvon Morg will be the starter. And I asked, you know, Trayvon this, um, I think it was after the first preseason game. Here's a guy who, if you go all the way back to college, you know, most of these guys, except for guys that maybe were in the senior bowl, um, most of these guys haven't tackled, hadn't tackled until they literally stepped foot in their first game in preseason. Okay. Like yeah. Trevon Morg wasn't tackling the two or three weeks of training camp, nor was Nate Hobbs or anybody. You're just playing two hand touch, to be honest with you, um, you know, during training camp against your own team. So how, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that those guys at least have gotten on an NFL field and gone out there and played physical tackling, doing everything that you actually do in a football game in the preseason because to me it's just i i can't even that seems difficult to me like you haven't practiced that kind of football or played that kind of football for some of these guys all the way back to last december yeah if not even before if you didn't go to a bowl game or something man it just seems like i don't know how these guys do it sometimes like you can only you can only protect some people so so much and i look i'm a firm believer that in order to get ready for football you have to play football there's no way around it I mean, you, there, you could sit there and look great in shorts and helmets and hitting a bag and going around a bag, but you got to play football. You got to make contact. You got to learn how to tackle. You got to, you got to do at full speed. Tackling the tire, you're not going to tackle a tire on the field. So, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do these days with the new rules and trying to protect safety. And I understand also the fact that they're trying to create longevity throughout the season. They want to have guys healthy for week one as well as week 17. But there is a time where you're just going to have to go out and play. And when it comes down to your toughness, you're going to have to you're going to have to test your toughness, whether or not you're capable to withstand the guys that are going to be coming after you, because there's not going to be any love lost. You talk about the first two teams they play coming out the season. Talk about their division. I mean, it, this is not this is not an easy schedule for the Raiders in any capacity. The Bears, the Colts, the Browns. I mean, come on now. You go down the list, and you we're talking about in Miami. We're talking about Baltimore, playoff aspir- aspirations. We're talking about we're, we're talking about maybe making trying to make a championship run. You sit there and hold these guys on the shelf or hold them back. I I hope for the sake of this team that they come out and they play what what we're hoping all hoping for, but we just haven't seen yet. And the irony is Nicholas Morrow gets hurt in a practice exactly against the, against the Rams, and it was just kind of a freak type of a type of an injury. So. Um, which goes to your point where you can only protect them so much. Eventually, the the nature of football is going to be the nature of football. And, you know, on any given play, somebody's susceptible to getting hurt, whether you're in practice uh, or, or, or in a game. Um, and, you know, like, obviously, it all makes sense. It's prudent. We get it. We understand why, you know, you want to protect guys in practice you don't want to play certain guys in the preseason. It all makes sense. But just because something makes sense doesn't mean there's a drawback to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I mean, like I said, there's only so much that you can do. You know, when you talk about, the, the, you know, as Joe Burrow said, the, the pocket gets crowded. I don't doubt Derek Carr doesn't necessarily need preseason. I don't doubt that. I mean, I've seen him. He's played enough snaps. You'll probably really want to save his arm. But that doesn't stand for the rest of them. Richie Incognito doesn't need preseason to me. Okay, he's a, he's a certified pro. He's been there. But Denzel Good, who was a backup, you know, the, you, you know what I mean? These guys need to play. I know you're trying to get John Simpson. I know you're trying to get Lester Cotton. Those guys, but these, uh, if they're not hurt and they're capable of gold, they should see some action just so they get that lather, just so they feel that. Yep, uh, I agree. And uh, for some reason, it's just you know, uh, and 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 
it's like you said, it's kind of a, everything's changed. Even John Gruden was talking about that today. Everything's changed. It always changed. It's, it's always evolving. And, you know, with all the money that's involved. And here's the other thing, Lincoln. Let's not forget the pressure that's under these coaches to win. And how do you win, Lincoln? You have your best players out there. Yeah. And so there's a natural inclination to, like, I, you know, I need my best guys when they start counting. When those guys, when those games start counting, and while I understand that there's a development track and a uh, you know an importance of getting them out there in the preseason, if I lose a guy, that could cost me my job down the road because maybe losing that guy ends up being the thing that separated us from being a good team or a great team or a playoff team or, or not. So um, there is you have to to me you, you take that into uh, account as well. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. You always had to. You know, you had to. All the linebackers got hurt. White went down. Darren Lees was out. Kwiatkowski was out. Morrow was out. Uh, second half, who's going in? Who's going inside? Diablo's out. Tanner went inside, and you give him credit. You know, he's playing Will. He's playing Otto. He's playing uh, two or three positions, and he's a very good special teams player. And he needs to play. He didn't play at all last year, and he hasn't really been linebacker for more than six months. So this is good for him. Hopefully he gets another good experience against a great uh, offensive football team Sunday. That's John Gruden talking about uh, Tanner Muse, the second-year linebacker from Clemson, who's making – uh, the transition from college safety to NFL linebacker, and I asked Tanner over the off season. I did a story about him. I was like, "What you know? What which linebacker position are you learning?" He's like, "All of them, Beanie." So uh, he has this deep, deep, deep Southern accent. And what he did, and when he said Lincoln, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It's Wednesday, Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. Lincoln, what he pointed out to me, which was so astute for a young a young player, was you know it's, this isn't college. He goes in college, you know. Uh, you have, you know, five deep at a position. Heck, if you need to, you could go to your red shirt freshman or your walk-on if need be, if you need to get through a game or something like that. You have an endless amount of players almost. He goes, in the NFL, forget 53 players. It's 46 when you really think about it on game day. So you don't have the luxury of just knowing one. If you're a backup linebacker, you got to know all those linebacker positions because there's only going to be like five, maybe six linebackers that carry get carried into a game so five players six or or, or or you have five players you have three positions that math doesn't work somebody better know how to play all three of those positions and that's just the nature of the nfl link well yeah you're absolutely right Vinny. and when you take in consideration who you know, who you had available to suit up i i knew the raiders were going to be in trouble when javen white went down I knew that because they didn't have the numbers. You didn't see enough linebacker numbers on that sideline. So they had to finish a game basically playing nickel and dime defense and had to use an extra defender, uh, uh, the safety or defensive back in there to help, uh, to help with the defense. And that's why you, we, when we talked about even starting yesterday on the show, the linebacker position is very thin. It's important for a guy like Tanner Muse because they have high expectations of him to stand up and play, especially because he didn't play last year, to be a part of that rotation or to be viable, you know, into that, especially when you have to wonder how long Marl's going to be out or, or Kwiatkowski or anybody else. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be um, a little bit longer than uh, than anybody hopes for. Uh, yeah. Don't want to put bad news out there prematurely or anything like that, but it sure seems like this is going to be an extended period of time. So the Raiders are going to have to make do. Uh, I would imagine that they're going to bring somebody in off the street. They have Mark Barron in for a, uh, a visit and a look-see. Here's a player that last played in 2019 with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, was on the Denver Broncos roster last year, but two injuries prevented him from ever getting out on the field, uh, and they released him in late December. So he's – I don't – who knows what Mark Barron still has left – uh, in the in the tank, uh, but along comes Divine Diablo, almost uh, you know to the rescue here. Uh, a guy that we never saw out on the field in OTAs. We barely saw him in training camp up until this week. Really, uh, he was always off to the side, getting work in or in the weight room. He was always in the building, but he had some sort of a knee p- procedure uh, in the spring, and it obviously carried over uh, into uh, into training camp. And and so he's a great unknown. But if you go watch the tape at Virginia Tech, there was a lot to like. This is a six foot three, two hundred and twenty six pound safety, uh, Lincoln at Virginia Tech. And if you watch the, he had he 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 showed some great instincts in pass coverage, uh, taking the correct angles to go make tackles as a safety. Uh, and he definitely profiles body wise as somebody that can that can exist in this in today's world, the today's linebacker world in the NFL where. The, this, the, however stout you are in the run game, can't um, you know? Uh, it has to also match up with the swiftness to stay with linebacker or stay with tight ends and running backs in, in in pass coverage. You have to be able to do both, or else you're not going to stay on the field very long. You'll be a one down player, and then they'll go to a nickel, or they'll bring somebody else in that's faster and athletic enough to keep up with, like I said, tight ends and running backs in pass coverage. But here's a guy that the Raiders believe can do both. And here's John Gruden talking about what he likes about Divine Diablo. I think he's got athleticism and range. He has playing speed. Uh, he showed very good instinct, instincts at Virginia Tech at a couple different positions. So that combination is, is exciting. We think he and Corey Littleton uh, will give us two really athletic young linebackers. And uh, we're hoping he can be a fast track you know he's going to have to learn quickly on the run because uh, they're not postponing any of our games or delaying the, the startups Lincoln what's going through Divine Diablo's head right now I ask that because you don't have to be uh, Vince Lombardi or Albert Einstein to look around the linebacker room if you're young Divine Diablo and see a bunch of guys are down right now <laughs> um, and I'm just getting back on the field and there's a game coming up in a couple of weeks and a couple of those guys aren't going to be able to play in that game. I better come ready to go right, like right now, like whatever timeline he was on prior to this week and prior to those injuries that goes out the window. He needs to show that he can play like right now and be relied on right now for a young player like that. What's going through his head? Well, it should be the fact that he's chomping at the bit. He's, he's yeah. eagerly awaiting his opportunity because, as you mentioned, as filled, as full as that linebacker room is, you don't have to do, you know, be a rocket scientist when you go down and, and look on the depth chart and you're listed as the third weak, weak side linebacker. You know what I mean? So he, I'm hoping that he, he's, he has the opportunity or I hope he takes full advantage of his opportunities, better said, uh, when he gets out there. Knows where to go, knows how to move fast, and knows how to make things happen. 
We're not we're not expecting him to be a shutdown linebacker. I don't think that's but but you obviously got to know what you're doing when you're out there. Limit the amount of mistakes. And you know, for the most part, when it comes to defenders, what coaches really get excited about Vinny is that they're around the ball all the time. They're around the ball. They find their way around the ball. They're what they call ball hawks. You find a way to, to, to put yourself in position to, to either be in a play or make a play or be around a play. So you're not, you're not on the other side of the field when everybody is on the right side, on the left side, looking and, and wondering where you're supposed to be. So you run to the ball and those are little, the little things are what stands out. And then obviously when you get into a game situation, which will probably happen in this preseason game or maybe not, I hope they don't feel like protecting them. I don't know what they're going to do. No, but. no, no. He's playing. Okay. He's so playing. Look, you, you make, you make full opportunity to go out there and make plays. Show up. And, you know, that's what Nate Hobbs has done. You, yes, when you're talking yes. about being a ball hawk, uh, you know, getting around the ball and, and, and making plays, that's he's, he's been like a magnet to the football. And, you know, that's what you want to – that's what you want to see if you're, if you're a coach. Are you going to be able to, you know, make plays? Are you going to be able to get yourself, work yourself into the right position um, to, to make plays? And I think that, that – Nate Hobbs has shown that. I think Trevor uh, Trayvon Morg, especially when you look at that practice, those couple of practices that he had against the Rams, he was flying all over the field uh, and, and, and making plays. So I think that you know bodes well. But you brought up an interesting point as well: um, changing things up schematically or in terms of the packaging of your defense. If and I, and John Gruden mentioned this today. You know, no matter how ready. Divine Diablo and, and Tanner Muse might be right now. They're still young players right. that are still kind of learning on the on the go. And to whatever extent you can rely on them, great. But you're also going to have to do things from a coaching perspective that not only protects them uh, and doesn't overly expose them to something that maybe they're not ready to do just yet, but also help yourself, obviously, and help your defense. And you mentioned something about scheming it up in a way where maybe you go three safeties right you know um you take one or two of the linebackers uh, off the field and you know we, maybe carl joseph has to be that guy now right. uh, where he plays a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage so what can the raiders do uh defensively to mitigate maybe some of these losses with the linebackers well i mean look you Linebackers these days aren't like they were, you know, yesteryear, but they've got to be athletic to be able to cover sideline to sideline. Now, my biggest concern when it comes to this defense, and it's been ever, ever since last year, their ability to stop perimeter runs. Their defensive ends are fast. If you look at them just on paper, you know, you got Carl Nassib and, you know, and Akwe and, 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 but they're not necessarily strong against the run. Cleveland Farrell plays are pretty tough. Max has gotten better. Um, so you definitely need a lot of perimeter help and perimeter support. It's, it's almost a disservice if you don't have that will side linebacker or that, that strong side linebacker. You know what I'm, you know what I mean, Vinny? Yeah. And you have those two linebackers inside because now you're either talking, talking about like, let me see who's got good size. Amrick Robinson's not bad. Well, he's no, he's small. That's five, eight. I'm trying to figure out who, as far as the secondary guys, uh, safeties and stuff like that, who you could probably plug in there to help for run support. Well, Dalen Levitt yeah. is a little small. I mean, you got no, Trayvon no, no. Morgan's played big and you talk, you talked about Carl, uh, Carl Joseph, but you're either going to, to say they don't really have a pronounced um, um, nickel man. It's either going to be a another safety, or you're doing sort of like a dime front, um, or you can do you can do that, or you can just you can put a, a guy in who's playing nickel, and he can also be your run supporter if you have a big enough corner. Right, and I guess what 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 helps is that's kind of what uh, you, throw, you can throw in Tyree Gillespie uh, as well. He's oh yeah, a, I forgot uh, about him. Yeah. 
a, a big physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you look at but and then uh, both he and D- Diablo. Now I know Diablo is making the transition strictly to linebacker, but um, you can tell that whether it was Mike Mayock, whether it's John Gruden, I tend to think more of Gus Bradley. They had a prototype in in mind um, with with some of these draft picks that they made. Uh, these guys that can, like you said, play closer to the line of scrimmage, play that box safety or that almost that third linebacker slash safety. Uh, these these hybrid type players, and I think Gillespie profiles as that. I think um, you know uh, Tanner Muse in some ways profiles that way. He played safety in college. Uh, Divine Diablo uh, the same way. So. It looks like they've drafted for the very issue that's facing them right now. The problem is these guys are so young um, yeah. that y- y- you you just run the risk of, of, of asking too much from some young players, which is why maybe the best bet is to go uh, find somebody that you feel like is going to be able to be a veteran guy that comes in and, and, and is able uh, you know to get the job done right now. When you go back to Gus Bradley's, days like in Jacksonville mm-hmm. or in Seattle. When you talk about those defensive ends that like with what the Raiders are, are, are doing, mm-hmm. um, but actually before we go, before we do that, let's get, uh, let's go to the uh, Raider nation uh, listener line. Cause Matt wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. Vinny. How are you doing? Really good. Thanks. Um, yeah, I just want to make a couple points. Uh, this camp is uh, firing me up. Uh, most, most enthusiasm I've had since uh, the 2016 uh, season. Um, only concern I have right now going into the season is probably the depth of the defense because if they get hurt at um, certain areas, I just I worry it's going to be a, a fireball the last couple of seasons. I'm not sure if they have the depth yet. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, look, Lincoln, I circled – linebacker as a <laughs> concern coming yeah. into trading camp because yeah. as much as you get excited about the potential of divine diablo and tanner muse and javin white javin white played 56 snaps last year lincoln 44 of them came on special teams tanner mm-hmm. muse didn't play divine diablo was defending players in the acc last year so when you talk about Corey littleton when you talk about nicholas morrow when you talk about nick Kwiatkowski, your three starters Obviously, all three of those players have now, you know, established themselves at some level um, of some level of note in the NFL. But behind them, nothing, zero, uh, 12 snaps for Jevin White um, in, uh, as a positional player. That's like zero uh, experience. And yes, they brought in Darren Lee, but again, he never got on the field, really. So he's not an option anymore. So, yeah, Lincoln, I was concerned about the linebacker group coming into the season because there really wasn't any depth. Yeah, we'll talk about it on the other side a little bit more, but I agree with you, partner. Absolutely. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM.